This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It is hour number two of a numbers game from VSIN, the sports betting network. We're live from downtown Las Vegas, Bar Canada at the D. I'm Ben Wilson in for Gil. Kelly Bidlin with us on the desk. Kelly, uh, Kelly going to make it a whole show without talking NBA today, but that's what we have tomorrow for, Kelly. That's right. We got a lot going on tomorrow. We got a lot going on tomorrow. By the way, we're in these like, we're in the bar stools that you and I are very used to over uh-huh. here at the D. I think I've got one of those that that someone's been it's been sat in about a thousand times mm. more than others. So I feel like I'm way lower today than <laughs> usual. Lower. Well, that is pay, you're paying homage to our old uh, our old setup where right. the vintage South Point studio chairs have gone up and down and up. And down. <laughs> exactly, you know, some yeah. things never change, no matter uh, no matter the venue uh, that we are at. We will have NFL draft talk coming up in a little bit. Also, Kelly's breakdown of the Mexico Open. Our best bets for tonight. If you missed any of our college basketball plays and our one will rehash those. And right now, to continue the college basketball discussion, also get some Champions League talk. He was burning the midnight oil late last night, was watching him do in studio on that St. Mary's San Francisco game that went right down to the wire. It's our pal Dallin Cuff from ESPN who joins us right now. Pretty crazy day yesterday down in the college basketball world. What did you make of the uh, UConn going down there? What do you think about their chances now going forward? Seems like people want to say, oh, uh, what's wrong with the Huskies? But they are still your favorites here at 5-1 to to win it all. Man, recency bias on full display here because uh, around Saturday, around 5 o'clock Eastern time, UConn was the greatest team that's ever been created, guys. So let's not forget, they did just, just thrash Marquette. They're still really good. It was a kind of a must-bet Creighton situation, and we talked about it yesterday um, on ESPN Bet Live. Just like, obviously, everybody was on UConn. You're going on the road. Creighton's a team that we thought they were the two best teams in the conference coming into the season. And Creighton has been a little more up and down for various reasons, and and some matchup problems they've had in certain games, but they're still really good and capable. They made 14 threes. They're going to beat almost anybody in the country, and that's what UConn didn't do. They didn't limit their three-point shots. They're able to break down the Blue Jays, get in the middle of their defense, and kick out for good looks. Uh, and UConn just wasn't as locked in defensively and as good on the ball in terms of guarding their yard and keeping them out of the lane as they have been throughout the season. So, no, I'm not worried about them at all. UConn is still the best team in the country. They are still – I rarely ever think the favorite is the best bet to win the national championship, but if you're going to make a, a bet before you see the bracket come out, 
UConn would be the would be the bet. Um, uh, not because of value, obviously, because they're the favorite, but still, I think it's probably on five to one, six to five and a half to one, six to one. Um, they have it all. They can win games in every different type of way. And last night they ran into a really good team on the road that, that, that beat them up. Sure, still going to be a really good game to game bet, I would think, Dallin, as we get into the NCAA tournament. A team that they beat last mm-hmm. year to end their season and a team who now has the longest active winning streak in college basketball team you were uh, watching last night in St. Mary's. It's, it's a weird season where there are definitely some of the, you know, the mid-major type teams that have what it takes to make deeper runs with how there's a lot more up in the air here once you get past the likes of UConn at the top here. What do you make of St. Mary's' ability to make a second weekend or Final Four on a team that's in that double-digit range to even make the Final Four at this point? But a Gale team it's clicking on all cylinders right now they're good but guys I, there's no shot i think they're making the final four i do not think that's a good bet and just because of how they play they, they're one of the slowest tempos in the country which creates a small margin of error they are talented but not uber talented aiden mahaney's good Mitchell saxon provides an inside presence joshua jefferson getting fully healthy is really important for that team so he missed last night's game um they have balance they have a number of guys that can hurt you different ways they really defend but that WCC is not what it was even two years ago with Gonzaga being one of the lead teams in the country. San Fran was better that year, made a tournament. Obviously, St. Mary's. You're, the league was a little better. So they're, yeah. they're 13 and not poo-pooing win 13 games in a row in any, any way and, and winning in the kennel like they did last month. That's all great stuff. Or, that's all great stuff. But really, their upside to me remains somewhat limited relative to a Final Four. Maybe get out of the second weekend, sure. The matchups are really important. But like I said, when you play that slow of a tempo and you're going to have a small margin of error no matter what, that makes it really hard to, to win games against really good teams that possibly could push you out of your comfort zone, pressure some of those guards, and make it a little more challenging, which we've seen in the, in the non-conference. That same team did struggle. Yep, such a good point. Style does matter. And thinking about that San Francisco team that used to be with Todd Golden was a 10 seed a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and had a couple of really good teams. Yep. Well, Todd Golden is now in Gainesville, and you talk about style. It's a fascinating matchup tonight because it's our highest total on the board. Florida goes to Alabama, two teams that are almost carbon copies of each other. They both play really fast. They're both very good on offense. Defense can sometimes be optional. What do you make of a line that's right now Alabama minus 8.5 at home against the Gators? It's funny, guys, because whenever I like those are the games when you see them coming up yesterday before the lines come out. I'm just like, what is the total on this game? Today? Like, <laughs> yeah. how high are we going to go? And I believe I saw, I think I saw 174 this morning. You tell me if it's any different. It is, um, yeah. But that's it, it's a, it's not surprising at all where it is given how these teams can score. And Alabama is a little better defensively. The, the pace of this game is just going to be bonkers. And my my challenge with Florida, I think Florida's really good, and they finally their numbers have reflected that they've gotten a couple wins. They were one of those teams a month ago, honestly. I was like, man, and I, I love Todd. I've known Todd since he was uh, the volunteer assistant at Columbia back 2000, uh, the 2011, I guess. Um, and really good, really good coach and a young mind. But his, his team had not gotten some of the big wins they needed to get. They had not performed in some critical moments when they needed to. Even having that loss against Kentucky at home back in the beginning of league play would have been a critical win for that team. That said, they've started to get those wins. The bigs have gotten a lot better. I think Riley Kugel kind of Kugel kind of understanding his role is really important and not trying to do too much. Zion Pullen and Walter Clayton are more of the guards that make that team go. And Riley's got he's taken a little bit more of a not a backseat, just understanding his role a little bit more has been really critical for this team. That said, I, I don't. I mean, they they could get blown out in this game. This game has a massive variance to me. I think it's a, it's either a one possession game or they lose by twenty or fifteen, yeah, and that's what yeah. makes it hard to bet. This is a situ is a situation. If I see the pace early on, I might I, I might wade into the uh, the total. Um, which I've done a number of these SEC games. Checking that Alabama and Auburn are playing, 
It's like I want to get a feel for how the game is going to go and then try to fire at that situation. Yep, no question. I laid it with Alabama thinking the latter is much more likely to happen, but totally, totally understand mm-hmm. that with the high variance there. Alabama minus eight and a half right now, 174 your total. As Dallin Cuff from ESPN joins us right now, outstanding college basketball analyst. We'll also talk some Champions League uh, here in a second. One other game that's really the uh, marquee matchup of the night in the mid major ranks. Colorado State goes to New Mexico and the Pit. Two really good Mountain West teams. That's been a great league, projected to get six bids in. And New Mexico is now out to seven point favorites at a lot of books down how do you see this one playing out Ooh. that's tough I, I like New Mexico's team and I think out of, out of the Mountain West teams I think they may be best suited to win some games in the tournament just because of how they play they play an up-tempo style they turn you over a lot of different guys can score Denton Day is really an electric guard um, as I look, I'm looking for teams in that league that don't have to grind it and don't have to play it slow which the majority of them do that are really good in that league and that's what I think is different about them. Them playing the pit is really tough. That's it. They've, you know, UNLV beat them there. They've had some losses there. Um, if that number keeps creeping up, I don't like to always go against the numbers, but I, I would, I would lean toward taking the points and thinking that game could be a little bit closer. Colorado State has had some issues on the road, um, but that's a game that that ultimately is going to come down to who can get defensive stops and who can string those stops together. And I would lean on New Mexico obviously to win the game, but I think they keep you within the number if it gets up to seven. Um, but that's another one too that a lot of those Mount West games have been weird, especially when you got road teams um, that have played teams that you have great home advantages have not represented that against some of the best teams consistently throughout the course of the season. Yeah, sure. A couple eight and five teams there in the Mountain West doing battle at the pit tonight. One more college hoops. We'll throw at you down, then go to the soccer. Duke on the road at Miami tonight, where the Canes have just completely fallen apart here over the past month. Duke is laying about five on the road. What do you make of this Duke team, especially going through a, a subpar ACC slate, at least compared to past seasons? You guys, yeah, Miami may be the most disappointing team in the country. Uh, they were, I was so high on them coming into this year. Uh, Wilga Poplar was, I, he still could be a lottery pick. I mean, North Shadow Mir, really challenging big to guard that's physical, that provides a presence. And he started to make, you know, shoot the ball, which I thought was a good thing, but he's fallen in love at times with showing that he can make threes, which is not a good thing. They lack toughness. They lack, connect, they lack connectivity. Jim Laranega is a great coach. He doesn't seem to be able to reach these guys right now. All that said, Seems like a great spot to take six and a half at home. So that's what I just, I just <laughs> yeah. saw in my, my, my book was six and a half. So I'm sitting here like, are they going to do it? Guys, they burned me all year. When I faded them, they cover. When I take them, they hose me. I'm talking like 0 for 7. It's, it's, uh. I, I hate them. So if you're listening to this, maybe you're probably like, give me Duke. But this is in this time. This time like, I, it's like I'm obsessed with the talent. I just keep seeing the talent. And I see Duke. And I understand Duke has had some struggles on the road. There's still a, a team that's trying. Their kids still trying to jail. They just need to get fully healthy. I still don't, haven't gotten word. Maybe you guys know. I was going to try to talk to people close to the game. If if Proctor's healthy, if he is, how's he looked, you know, in, in practice or shoot around? Because um, that team, obviously how they played the weekend, Duke, without Proctor was no problem. Uh, you still want NBA talent on your roster and ready to go. And he needs to want to guard on both ends. And if he plays, I'm not sure. It was a disinfect subtraction this weekend. I don't know if it's always the case. We'll kind of wait and see. I would like to see that team get fully coalesced, healthy, and gel and be able to play together. But you're going to give me six and a half at home. Miami's home crowd was great last year. It's good when Carolina and Duke come to town. Carolina, they got a push. That was one of my hoses. Was I cooked Carolina minus three. They ended up pushing that game against all odds, uh, which hurt. So I guess it's not 0-7. I got a push there, but it's not what I wanted. 
in terms of this game, I think I'm going to take the six and a half. I think we're going to continue yeah. to just have the Hurricanes break my heart because <laughs> I'm just obsessed with the talent, and they are at home, and their crowd will at least be there for Duke. Yeah, Duke open five and a half. They're up to six and a half. couple books even shaded towards seven now. A lot of movement there toward the Blue Devils tonight. As, I know, right? Dallin Cuff joins us right now. Talk well, about troops and uh, some soccer. Is Miami fully healthy, though, too? If, that's, if Miami fully healthy, right. it's one question now, too. That is a good, can we figure that out? A team that's lost three of four. Uh, on Lost four straight three of those four games coming on the road. We have two Champions League matchups here today down Barcelona goes to Napoli and then Arsenal who's been red hot at Porto today in the Champions League. These are first of second leg uh, aggregate score lines here in the round of 16 down. What are you looking at today in the Champions League? Guys, I say this with full bias. I'm an Arsenal fan. Been it for almost 20 years now. I've been waiting seven years to hear the champions. <laughs> and Arsenal be on the field and a knockout league game, knockout round game. Like I am ants. I took off my serious show this afternoon purely to watch this game and I can't imbibe because we'll be on TV tonight, but we'll be locked into the game. That said, the play uh, from a non-biased perspective is Porto double chance. They're plus 125 to win or draw and at home, and they are a good team. And that building is going to be on fire. They've got good young talent. And I don't think they're coming in with any fear of an Arsenal team that I think is, is very good. It sh- should be the team that gets through this tie. But, uh, yeah, for them to walk away with the result and, and at least get a draw at home, I don't think that's far-fetched at all, especially the way Arsenal's played great the last two games, 11 combined goals. They finally look like they've opened something up offensively, not so reliant on Saka and Martinelli to create from the outside. Um, that said, this, this team has never played in a Champions League knockout round game. They're inexperienced in the title run showed last year. Experience, and you talk to all these guys I work with in the SPFC shows, title run, I mean, experience matters, especially in Champions League games. They don't really have it. So I'm a little concerned. So Porto, plus 125, winner draws to play there. And it's first of two legs, so it's not like the tie's over, just if Arsenal yeah, yeah. draws exactly. it goes down 1-0. Dallin Cuff, thanks so much, man, for joining us. We always appreciate your insights. And anytime, guys. Oh, also, lay the lumber. Napoli progressing past Barcelona. Napoli over Barca. There we go. That's another one here on a numbers game. Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally. But Creighton is the team every year that the nerds. You know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, it's really Creighton. You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going to win. Not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a, is, a, is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, 
there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VSEN daily newsletter. In today's newsletter, we look at some college basketball futures odds with our pal Tyler Shoemaker, who actually does not have UConn ranked number one in his overall power ratings. That'll, uh, that'll probably trigger some folks. I, I Interesting to see where uh, Tyler wants to go because he's got some futures long shots that he likes. And you can get more expert analysis and the latest odds delivered straight to your inbox absolutely free. Visit vcin.com slash newsletter to subscribe. We hit it on it at the end with uh, Dallin Cup and a big thanks again for joining us in Dallin. But Champions League today, it's again, first of two legs, Kelly. And people sometimes get confused by this where, yeah. you know, a lot of times, especially the big favorites are not necessarily auto bet against in these first legs. But when it's a big favorite, say like an Arsenal, who's on the road against that desperate team like a Porto, who's much a much more defensive minded team. They're not a team that's super flashy. They're going to try to play you know, a physical kind of lock down style in the midfield. Those can be good bets either to the under or to like uh, Down was talking about that double chance, either win or draw at plus money, where, you know, the tie isn't over. Like Arsenal is fine if this game ends nil-nil. Hell, even if Arsenal's down, you know, 1-0 going to the second leg and they go back home to London and the Emirates, they feel pretty good about their chances. So that's the one thing to keep in mind here. These are two-leg ties, and they also got rid of the away goals rule as well. So it's not like if you're a road team in leg one, you have to come out and, and put a beating down and or else you're behind the eight ball in leg number two. That's just something to keep in mind here on these bets. Yeah, is that a yeah, yeah, that's that's typically a rule of thumb, right? Unders on unders on that first leg look more. Yeah, I and the, it's two and a half under minus one twenty. That's the one thing I would play because I mean Arsenal, last five games, twenty one and two on aggregate. I mean, they've been amazing. They've they've rocketed up the Premier League board. They beat Liverpool 3-1. You know, Porto is not a team that's really scored much. They average about two two point four goals per game in league play. 
And you're talking a league that's not very good as well. There's really only four good teams in that Portuguese league. And Porto has been the third of those four you know, viewed as top like European teams this year, Kelly. So uh, that's where I look at you know the spot here for Porto. You probably see this played very, very close to the vest. Thinking 1-0, 1-1 uh, type of game there today. That, that's how I look at that one. Hard for me to know what to do with Barcelona. Anything and, uh, you bet, by, by the way? No, I did not, not let, let bet pump these. the brakes real quick. Ben Wilson, for everything that he does at VEASAN, uh, this is a guy who also, wh- what are you doing right now? G League Ignite you're calling for. You're doing college baseball stuff. And then whenever I walk by this guy when he's not actually doing anything, he's sitting re-watching soccer games that he missed from, missed yeah. from the morning before. No, it's not, you're doing a lot. I can't <laughs> watch grinding, all the games. Man. You're grinding all Sitting up late watching uh, Dortmund PSV last night uh, while we were, prep- while we were prepping <laughs> for go. the show. Yeah, uh, well, yeah and uh, yeah, college basketball, too. Obviously got uh, yeah, a lot of games there. But, yeah. The Champions League's great because it's actually I actually have time to watch these uh, teams because it's midweek. I'm just doing prep uh, for for other things. If there is one, I would bet it would be the under two and a half in Arsenal uh, Porto leg one, which is sort of a sort of a correlated way of what Down was talking about yeah. his bet liking Porto. It, I mean, what comes up has to come down. I mean, Arsenal's just been has been by far the best team in Europe scoring over their last five, but that is in the league that they are very comfortable in playing right now. Now you go on the road, tough environment there. In Portugal, the other matchups, Barcelona and Napoli. Uh, Napoli is the underdog. Down likes Napoli to advance, which is plus 150 overall. I think a lot of that, Kelly, is because Barcelona this year has not so secretly been really, really shaky, but they've been the beneficiaries of a whole lot of late magic. If you take out the goals that they've scored in the 90th minute or later, which are basically you know your last second goals here in soccer, they would be ninth in La Liga. I mean, they've really not been that that good this year, and part, part, partly it's because of the defense. They're 10th in goals allowed in La Liga this year. The issue is Napoli is in terrible offensive form right now. They've scored uh, two or more goals once in the last five. So it's hard for me to really fall in love with Napoli, but at the number, I get why down is on board with uh, the Italian team there. Napoli's just been a very mediocre Italian team this year, ninth in Serie A. This is really their a Super Bowl-type matchup here to try to get into the final eight of the Champions League knockout. Okay, interesting. I might be fi- I might play a, a couple low-scoring uh, exact results on that okay. Arsenal. Got to mix it up. A little Champions League uh, middle of the afternoon. Yeah. I love it. I love it on the West Coast. We're just right in the middle of the yeah. afternoon for us yeah. out here. Little uh, yeah, little one one little one one or 1-0 exact. Right, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I think I like something it. like that. I'm behind that with you behind that with you for sure uh, on the uh, Champions League as well. Uh, we also have other uh, other things to talk about here too because NFL mock draft season is upon us, Kelly. It's funny. I, I like that we're, we want to have stuff to actually actionably bet on today because really as far as NFL goes for the next two months, it's going to be <laughs> This mock came out, and that mock came out, and now the odds are shifting this way. Oh, I love and it. And who really knows anything? <laughs> and we're still two weeks away from the combine, so uh, at least for me on the timing, I never make any NFL draft bets till post-combine, and that's a lot of times where you see things start to shake out. But as you were seeing yesterday, Kelly, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL, the NFL.com, uh, he just came out with his second mock draft, Lance Zierlein, who's also had – you know, very good, uh, you know, very good numbers in the past as far as how accurate these guys are in their mocks. Uh, both guys top 20 over the last five years or so combined. They've each come out with mocks early on, and, and Jeremiah's as at least interesting is he's not assuming any trades are made. These are kind of just just bare bones uh, selections based on what he's heard from different NFL teams uh, where he, you know, he has shocker Caleb Williams going number one, but it's after that that I know caught your attention there as to what he thinks on the mock. Yeah, this is uh, it's it is interesting because I do want to preface this with 
Yeah, Jeremiah doesn't, and I, I appreciate this. I don't like any of the mocks that, that mock trades because it always turns into six different trades, and it's, okay, well, we can all kind of play this fantasy game. They get out of control really quick. Right, exactly. Yeah. They get out of control quickly because realistically, you know, if you do have a trade going on, probably it would get out of control if that actually happened. It's just hard to predict where that uh, where that first, uh, first uh, trade occurs at, really. Um the one thing he did preface in his article, though, is that he he has it set this way, where it is Caleb Williams one, Drake May two, Marvin Harrison Jr. then three to the Patriots. He has it this way though because he thinks that the Patriots will be in the market for one of the veteran quarterbacks. So that that was, you know, it is kind of he's not mocking trades, but he is kind of not mocking trades in the draft, but he is kind of mocking a free agent signing or a trade, if you will, in the offseason here for New England. So I think that is important to keep in mind because this is a switch from his 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 one point oh it came out what a week week and a half ago where he did have three quarterbacks right in a, right in a row with Jaden Daniels uh, being two actually there I believe and Drake May was third uh, to the New England Patriots so I think it's interesting this is obviously it's all information when we talk NFL draft betting and you want to keep your eyes on these guys especially the, especially some of the top guys like you mentioned Ben there are there are guys that that get this stuff better than others and are more tapped in with some of these teams. Um, the Marvin Harrison Jr. stuff is really, really interesting to me. That is the, I think the closest bet I'm going to be, uh, get to making for here first is third overall. No, no, it is him fourth overall. It's, fourth, it's, okay. it's, yeah, it's the fourth overall or, or to the Cardinals. I, I do think it's going to end up being three quarterbacks off the top. Um, I don't see Jaden Daniels falling. I, I think, I think his, when we get to when we get to uh, you know pro days and combine stuff, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him because I think people are going to freak out over the weight and stuff like you know weight and height and okay he's a smaller quarterback who runs a lot are we going to be scared about that? But then like he's going to run like a four four forty and I mean we've talked all year about he was one of the best deep ball throwers in all of college football like I think that's going to be too overwhelming. Uh, or should be. I, I, I think he's going to land. I think he's going to land in the top three. And I, I'm more unsure about Drake May, to be honest, from what I've seen. That, the thing that I, that really stands out to me so far is how that number two odds pick right now May's minus one forty. You got to think as we get closer to the draft, that that thing will go back and forth a ton. Yeah. And you look at a lot of the mocks right now, it's pretty much split. A lot of them have Daniels number two, May 3rd. Some of the other ones are flipped. I mentioned Zierlein. He has Daniels two. Uh, Harrison Jr. also going through. He actually has May slipping to five in that, Kelly. Wow, okay. And that's based on his – now, granted, all these mocks are, are kind of done from a different uh, web. And Lance Zierlein, who has been a very good mock drafter over the years, he comes out and says in his first one, he's going, I'm going personal opinions early. What I think teams should do, I'm going to wait as I get later on, as I get more intel from teams. That's how I'll adjust. So don't put a whole lot of stock into that. That's just personal opinion. But there are a lot of teams, I imagine, just like him, who are very good draft evaluators, who will look at Jane Daniels through this process and go, yeah, he probably should be a guy that at the very least goes top three. And right now, Daniels plus 120 to be second overall behind me. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Gil's excited about the possibility of that, and that is, yeah. If for for these ones that are posted right now, if I had to bet something, it would be Daniels number two. I, 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 Interesting. I I I, I, don't, I don't. I think he ends up going second. Drake May does does fall back to that third spot. But it, it, I mean, how much how much of that dives into the whole element of all right? Washington had this North Carolina guy in Sam Howell. Drake May 
you know, on the surface looks like a very similar yeah, guy yeah. to that. It didn't it hasn't really worked with Howell. There's a regime change. Is that baked into your I, thought I, at all? Not. I would like to think that that's not what you know something that people are thinking about too you much. You also can't help yourself. But though. you also can't help yourself, right? Like it's got to be in the back of your mind a little yeah. bit too. I, I like. I also think it is. Yeah, you know, part of what Justin, what makes Justin Fields so tough in evaluating him so tough, is it is. It, it, you're always going to have an easier time when you have a guy who has the legs like Jaden Daniels or Justin Fields kind of working your way into the NFL, right? Where you can at least be a weapon on the ground right away if that passing game needs time to develop. At least that guy can take off and yeah. run whatever he wants. Here, by the way, Justin Fields not following the Bears on Instagram anymore. I know. Shocker. <laughs> Breaking news uh, that was probably the inevitable. Up, man. Yeah. The break, I'm sad. Hate, you hate to see it. We still to come on a numbers game. Our best bets on the college basketball card tonight. Also, Kelly Bidlin breaks down the Mexico Open when we come back. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. Visit VEASAN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That is VSIN.com slash pro. We still have Kelly Bidlin's Mexico Open breakdowns. We'll run through our best bets in the college basketball card for tonight, but we have yet to talk NHL today on the show, and that's where our pal Jonathan Davis comes in, uh, who joins us right now, host of Ice Cap on Sirius XM NHL and the Show Me the Money Hockey Betting Podcast. Great to have JD back here on a numbers game. And is it is just me or has this last uh, couple months stretch here been all about the streaks in hockey? And you get teams like Florida now at the at the top of the Eastern Conference. Uh, an, another team right alongside of them here uh, in in the East. After Florida's won six straight, the Rangers all of a sudden have won eight straight. Right on the heels of Edmonton setting a record with the longest regular season win streak we've ever seen. Like what's gotten into these teams here this year? Well, yeah, streaking is definitely the theme in the NHL. And look for, you know, the New York Rangers have, have finally, it seems like they have found their way. The Florida Panthers have been one, I think, one of the best stories of the NHL this year, uh, surviving injuries early on. And, and and to me, the team that I would play, you know, long shot, or if, I, if I'm going to make a futures bet for an Eastern Conference team to reach the final, it is the Florida Panthers. And yeah, ever since the coaching change in Edmonton, they have been a much different team. Yeah, we're looking right now, Florida now 4-1, to one, technically on the odds board here. Favorites, just a slight shade ahead of Boston to come out of the East while Edmonton is your favorites there in the West. And that leads us into our best game on the card tonight where Boston goes to Edmonton. You know, not all that often where you're getting Boston as a significant underdog, but they are in the matchup tonight. Edmonton finally coming back to earth after that uh, super long win streak. What do you make of the spot there for both teams? You know, it's a spot that Boston has, has done well in. Uh, you know, they've won three straight and they've won four or five at Edmonton. I, you know, it, it's hard to go against Edmonton, who's, I think they're 16 and six as a, as a home betting favorite this year. I'm looking at the under because the under has been traditionally the play in this game. The under's hit, hitting three straight. It's hitting seven of nine overall. It's cashed. Uh, I think it, it's, it's also cashed. Five straight in Edmonton. And so for me, I'm looking at under six and a half in this one. Uh, It's tough with, with, you know, with the Oilers offense to go under. But for some reason, guys, it's low scoring games 
when these two teams meet. And sitting right now on the odds board as we update our screen, minus 148 on Edmonton. A little bit of play uh, to the underdog Bruins there. You can find them plus 124, six and a half that total. Uh, shaded a little bit to the under as well. You know, we talk teams also, J.D., now that we're into this uh, kind of home stretch of the year, about 25 games left for a lot of teams before the playoffs get underway. And with the those two wildcard bursts up for grabs, if we start in the East, as much as we can like Florida, who is a short number now, 4-1 to one, to win the Eastern Conference, the two teams right now are, at least in the Lightning's case, the team that has a whole lot of postseason experience. Red Wings were a great story early. Those would be your two wildcard uh, spots right now. If you're looking further down the board, teams that are either on the bubble or on the outside looking in, if we start Eastern Conference, who would be a team that could very easily, in your eye, catch fire and be a sexy pick to make a run come postseason time? If New Jersey can get themselves a goalie, then they've got a shot. Um, but right now, you know, Tampa is a team that it, I always say never bet against the lightning with all the experience they have, but they're just not the same team. You know, we just saw them lose nine, two over the weekend to Florida. They lost to Ottawa four to two. Uh, I, I think, you know, Tampa has, has, you know, given up so much draft capital over the years to get them cups and it's worth it. I will always trade guys prospects for parades any day, but if I'm looking at a long shot in the East, only if New Jersey can find their way to get them improve their goaltending situation when I look at, at a team like the Devils. Yeah, 14 to 1 right now. The Devils are to win the East. Jonathan Davis joins us right now on Numbers Game. Follow him at West Coast Hockey HKY as we're talking all things NHL. You go to the West, and it's it's sort of like the case of two teams who've been in great form for the most part this year, all of a sudden hitting a bit of a rough patch now coming out of the All Star break. Stars who lead their division have lost three straight. Same goes for the Canucks, who were a great early story out of the position. If you're gauging any sort of concern level in those two teams, who would be higher in your eyes right now? Maybe Vancouver. I mean, the, the Canucks schedule, guys, coming out of the All-Star break, it, it's brutal. I mean, they've got 17 teams after the All-Star break that were in playoff contention. And that was most out of really any team in the Pacific Division. You know, the other thing with Vancouver people are talking about is that they had guys that were playing above their heads from a shooting percentage standpoint in the NHL. You had about six guys that were shooting at 20%. That's extremely high for the NHL. So there was going to be some market correction. You know, they're in a rough stretch right now. And last night, you know, for me, that was my best bet of the night was, was Colorado because Vancouver had that dreaded back-to-back going into into Colorado uh, you know with, with no rest whether it's yeah. the, you know team going to play the nuggets in the NBA or the Avalanche in the NHL you don't want that so you know I wasn't surprised about what happened last night they played you know they they played some tough teams so I could see them dropping off to me Dallas is still one of the class teams in in, in the conference I I think that they they will make a, a trade before the deadline I wouldn't be too concerned about the Dallas Stars and a couple teams right now who are at the top of their respective standings. I've noticed the intra, the in-season points odds right now, which a lot of books are offering. You can look at those at DraftKings. It's it's like 108 and a half right now on in-season points for uh, for a Vancouver team that they do lead everybody. They have 80 points right now. But you talk about the you know, just the strength of schedule now going forward. Are those markets you look at at all now that we're here coming down the home stretch? You have a little bit more shorter window to look at with 25 games left. I haven't, but now you're intriguing me to do so. <laughs> I, I'll have to, to to crunch some numbers on on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of points that Vancouver would need to hit that number. Um, 
So I'll, I'll have to do a little research before I, I, I move further. But I do like that. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, one. Uh, 109 and a half, I should say, uh, Vancouver uh, at right now. Again, that would only you're 80, as you say. You'd need a 30 points there from your final 25 or so uh, games there going forward. As far as the uh, the rest of the card here for tonight, uh, it's a, we talk about some of these teams in the Eastern Conference. You didn't mention Toronto, who's had sort of an up-and-down year, but still find themselves in pretty good playoff positioning going on, going on at least right now. But they go on the road tonight – too much of a price to lay. Seems like that's what the better thought is. They're getting steamed against that on the road against Arizona from minus 220 down to minus 180. Yeah, it is a big price. But for me, look, the best play in this game is Austin Matthews' anytime goal at minus 135. He returns home to Arizona. He's got a chance to hit the 50 mark tonight. So for me, that would be my number one play in the game. And if you want some plus money, like I think Austin Matthews is just going to shoot, 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 and shoot more. You can get over one and a half points at plus 134. If you do want to grab the Leafs, look, there's two ways that, that you can approach it. You can take the Leafs in regulation at minus 120. Arizona's a bad hockey team right now. Now, you're talking about that line now shifting to minus 180. Guys, since the calendar flipped to 2024, Teams on the closing line favored between one minus 175 and minus 200. If my memory serves me correct, they're 11 and two on the money line and they're 10 and three on the puck line. So mm. now, now Toronto's getting into that sweet spot for me. But so I would look at them. Uh, but for me, yeah, the Austin Matthews anytime goal, that's that's the way to go for this one tonight. Guy, he's only minus 3,000 to finish as the uh, leading scorer in the NHL. It's well, been, I, yeah. You know, guys, I've been saying it on the air. It was interesting. Yesterday or two nights ago, I was on with Wes, and I was saying Austin Matthews for the Hart Trophy, the NHL's MVP yeah. award. Two days ago, going into the day, he was at minus $7. He was plus 700 after he scored his 49th goal on President's Day, he dropped to plus 500. Uh, still think there's a lot of value there. If he if he can get to 70 plus goals, for me, he is the Hart Trophy winner. Yeah, that's uh, it's fascinating you bring that up because now he's hitting plus 450. That 50 goal mark, I mean, it's inevitable. He's going to get there, and you say the the odds on potentially even getting out to like a 70 here. He's behind Nathan McKinnon, who's plus 175, Nikita Kucherov plus 240, and Connor McDavid plus 320. You know, all guys who've had really strong seasons, but you know, it, it, isn't it weird that I kind of think first like with the way Edmonton's come on back half of the year, I would almost think McDavid would be the one guy you'd have to worry about if you were holding a Matthews ticket. Is it, is it, is it fair to say that with how uh, the other guys are here? Top of those odds boards. I think McKinnon's the guy, but if someone, if you score 70 goals in the NHL, it's hard not to make that guy, the MVP. That's a very fair way of looking at it here. Jonathan Davis joining us uh, for the rest of the card. And it's a short card tonight, only five games as well. Anything else you're looking at here uh, to attack now that lines are out and starting to move? Yeah, the only other one, I mean, I would look at the under in Philadelphia, Chicago, guys. These are two teams that, that play to the under. Chicago, 29 of their 51 games have gone under with a couple of pushes. Philadelphia, 30 and 24 to the under with a couple of pushes. So I, I like that one now. You know, DraftKings, I think, has it at six. You, there are a shop around. There are some six and a halfs out there as well. I mean, the Flyers are a good road favorite team. They've, they've been favored five times on the road. They're four and one. I just don't like the price now that it's climbed to minus 230 on the side. I would look at the total going under. We're looking under there in Flyers and Blackhawks. Also an under six and a half in Bruins and Oilers. And then look for some Austin Matthews. Many time goal uh, scoring there with Toronto on the road at Arizona. He's Jonathan Davis. Always a pleasure talking some puck with you, J.D. Great to see you as always. 
Good to see you guys. Be well. Enjoy. And uh, hopefully I'll see you guys in about a month coming out for Springsteen. Uh, Let's and go. Some Vegas Golden Knights hockey. Let's Springsteen and Vegas Golden Knights. So a great combo for, uh, for hockey minutes coming out to uh, Sid City. Always great to see Jonathan Davis. We have our final segment coming up next on a numbers game. Mexico Open best bets, college basketball best bets. They're all coming next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my day. day. <laughs> <laughs> This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. numbers game on vsin the sports betting network this week on DraftKings sportsbook new customers can deposit five dollars and get a no sweat bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet loses download the app and use promo code vsin when you sign up DraftKings sportsbook the crown is yours we get tweets mr lucky yeah 
I, I almost want to change the wording of his tweets, but uh, he, he asked very politely, could we get two to three NCAA baseball futures leans from Ben today or tomorrow? Uh, ben, ben, ben was already cracking up because he knew that the A&G audience yeah, was, was going to be only only wanting uh, college baseball stuff. I think you. when you said all that, like the things I do, you know, for for my different jobs. I think a lot of people are like, wait, isn't he just in a cave watching college baseball 24 <laughs> seven? Right, exactly, kind, of yeah. <laughs> kind of what I'm known for here on, uh, on this show. At least. Yeah. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Actually. I'm, I'm excited today. Uh, we yeah, had to, had to get a lot of stuff in here, but tomorrow we'll talk some futures. We're going to get, I think we'll get a college baseball guest as well, uh, either tomorrow or Friday. So don't worry. I appreciate uh, I appreciate Mr. Lucky remembering that. What's uh, the? But I, was, uh, I was just in Dallas. Saw a lot of the top teams in the country. I was going to say who stood uh, out to you at that tournament because yeah, that, that's one of the premier tournaments uh, yes. to begin the season, yeah, I was, right? I was there. It was for a great cause. It was a Shriners Children's College Showdown in Arlington. It was just at uh, Globe Life Field over the weekend, home of the Rangers. I raised about three hundred thousand dollars there for for Shriners Children's and Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee had what had was the champions of that. They went two and one. They had kind of an up and down weekend, but Tennessee's a really really good team. The issue is they're thirteen to one right now. They're just really really short. Uh, a team that's made the College World Series two of the last three years and supers each of the last three. Uh, but Tennessee certainly looked the part. Uh, I would say you know we'll t- again dive into this a little bit more, but you know Texas Tech. If and this is a very familiar refrain for people who bet college baseball, it's like if they could just figure out the pitching. Well, Texas Tech is a team that has a lot of studs at the plate. And they still found a way to go two and one despite scuffling at the plate with a couple of their studs. If pitching comes around for them, and that's the team I was seeing a little bit further down the odds board, they're in that 60 to one range right now to win it all. And even to make the College World Series are uh, big plus money there. That's a team I'm interested in. They, they open the season just inside the top 25. Big 12 is so good. And those, the reason I like those teams is they end up battle-tested. They play a really, really tough schedule. Right. The pitching, as a result, tends to grow throughout the season, and arms really step up. Because remember, last year I had that opening tournament, and I gave out TCU, I believe, on this show uh, with Gil. And that was, four, I want to say, 40-1 to at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, everyone's like, all right, TCU, we're all in. I'm like, oh, boy, getting nervous. And uh, TCU does end up making it to Omaha, and that was a, you know, that was a great run for the Horned Frogs. Now they come back, and they're ranked fifth in the country. So you tend to see that happen, teams that are maybe a little bit unheralded because we don't know what, ha- what happens with the pitching. But they've got the guys who can develop, and that's a really good Texas Tech program in general. Uh, so those are the two that really stood out to me from over the weekend. Random question for you. How, how much turnover are you getting year to year on, a col- on college baseball teams? I mean, compared to year, basketball, yeah. football, right? That, that um, sort of thing. Yeah, and the I wouldn't say it's at, because college baseball they aren't able to give. You know, they have a certain amount of scholarships, so you have right. a lot of guys on partial scholarships. You don't have you know, the amount of just insane transfer portal movement. And, and then is it As the same see, rules where you can come out? You can come out right after high school, and then what? You got to go to two years to college yeah. if if you go to college. Correct. Right? Yeah, you have okay. the, two, the two year rule. So yeah, you you end up with a lot of guys who. I mean, there are transfers. I mean, Tennessee is a team who graduated. You know, they had a they had four guys drafted in the top seven, but they had brought in two really big transfers: one from Clemson, one from NC State. So the the gotcha. view on Tennessee is okay. They just reloaded. They're not having to rebuild. The big teams like that will have a good amount of transfers. It's not overwhelming though. But there are, like in any sport right now, in, in the current nature of college athletics, a lot of guys um, in the transfer portal. So that is something you, you see. And like I had Oklahoma at the tournament. I hadn't had them in a couple of years. And I 
you know, I saved my I saved my old you know boards and rosters, and Oklahoma barely had anybody from from a team that went to the College World Series two years ago. So there is a lot of that uh, as as you go on with it. Um, we'll have more college baseball talk though later on this week. I'll be here tomorrow and Friday, so really excited for that. Thanks uh, for for uh, for bringing that to my attention, Kelly. We always love it. Uh, we also have your uh, your Mexico <laughs> Open bets to get to though. I don't want to oh, I don't want to just ju- jump right over that, even though it's not the sexiest tournament in the world. There's only six of the top sixty in the world who are playing. Yeah. In this event, Kelly, Bombers Paradise is the thought there at Vedanta Vallarta. How did it break out for you as you did your modeling and your breakdown? Yeah, a lot of, uh, look, we've seen that this tournament's happened for the only two years. We've seen John Rahm and Tony Finau win it the past two years. It's been the short shot on the board. I believe when John Rahm won it, he was like three to one. It was like old school Tiger Woods odds from way back in the day. Um, but uh, so this really is. It's a Bombers. It is a Bombers course. We talked a bit about it with C and Nishad. It is. Look, extremely wide fairways. Looking at it, if you're watching at home right now, 41-yard fairways are very, very wide on the PGA Tour. I think it's the eighth widest uh, that they'll see all year. Um, distance matters here big time. You get the wide fairways. You don't have that much, that very penal rough. Pass palum, one and a half inches on that pass ball, uh, pass palum grass. Ball usually tends to sit up. The grass isn't that long, obviously, at one and a half inches. We'll see up to three inches out there on the PGA Tour sometimes uh, on these tough tournaments. So really, you're looking for guys who are longer off the tee. And then this is you get bigger greens. It's a big time second uh, second shot tournament. You got to be able to put it close to the close to the pin, make some putts. Uh, got to go low. You're going to have to go in probably 20 under here to win this tournament this week. So like you talked about, Ben, this is a. Uh, uh, it, it's a pretty gross field. It has been the past couple years. We're going to be transitioning down to the Florida swing after this, and we'll get uh, some better tournaments once we get down there. As far as the way that I approach this, we, we, we kind of hinted at it, and I want to I make sure to get back to your point on Finau and his putting struggles, but it is... Every part of Tony Finau's game matches this course perfectly. I think that's part of the reason why Tony Finau's playing here and continues to play here. But you brought it up. in Patrick McDonald with the tweet here, I've uh, been thinking about, about, about Tony Finau, uh, Finau's uh, putting today because I'm an absolute freak and here's a nasty nugget. Finau has made tasty just nugget, tasty nugget. There we go. Thank you. Just 37.25% of his putts from four to eight feet this season. 169th out of 170, like you said, Ben. Yeah. So. I was following him as a group a little bit. At, I was at uh, Tory Pines at the Farmers a few weeks That's ago. Right. Yeah, you were. You know, and it really jumps out to you. Like, the putter, it's kind of like he, he's got the the heel of it on, yes. the, on the ground. Like, I'm kind of trying to show it. Like, like this, and the putter head is up. Yeah. And it just, you know, visually just looks so weird. And it's obviously, you know, a new look that he's Well, and he's, he stands further away, yeah, too, he's right? Committing That's why to it's that, tilted. But yeah. just naturally, you've got the tilt, and it, you're sitting there, and you're going, you watch them in person. You're like, that just doesn't seem like the optimal. And I'm not a, obviously he knows better than I would. Right, 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 not that right. I'm going to question his decisions on the most one of the most important par- parts of the game here. Yeah. But it just leaves a little to be desired, and especially when the early results have been so so bad. Yeah, no, I hear you. So I, look, he's not a guy I'm running to fade. I think that every part of his game, yes, it would not shock me if he won this week. There is no part of me that can get to betting him though at plus eight fifty uh, or even shorter than that, where we're seeing a lot of places for him in the outright market. That does open things up uh, to some of these other guys. I, I think the one thing I would say, and when we get to my betting card, you'll see it, but 
this is this is when we have the whole win equity conversation, right? Uh-huh. Which of these guys do you really trust to go win a tournament? Because there's just not many guys that are up there on the odds board that have a lot of PGA Tour wins under their belt. Um, now, you, you, you know, counter argument to that is, well, they're playing against a bunch of guys that don't have a bunch of wins either. Um, I just think overall for me, when I look at tournaments like this, it's back off the outrights e- even more than what I normally do. Look to attack in other ways. Look to t- uh, attack in the top 20s in the matchup markets. Um, yeah. So that's where I, I sunk in most of my money this week. I'm going to start there before I even get to the outrights. Taylor Pendrith, who you only see in the top 20. We talked about it with C. Najat, if you were listening earlier. He is my favorite play this week. But to me, Ben, that's load up in the top 20 market. Uh, load up in the top 20 market. I didn't even play an outright. I added it this morning because of C. Najat and Matt Brown. I didn't want, I, I didn't want to have the FOMO uh, situation when he goes and ends up winning the damn thing when he was the top guy uh, for me this week. But really load up on the top 20 market on him, Steven Yeager, Eric Van Royen, and Davis Thompson. You always know it's weak fields when the Davises start getting busted out under the betting oh, cards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's the only time, only time of year you even talk about it. But uh, Van Royen, real quick, he was, you know, kind of top five model play for me. Uh, recent results, miscut uh, Phoenix, T20 at Pebble, T25 at Amex, T22 at Century. So has put together some good results so far. Was T33 here last year. Does have uh, uh, have some experience. So went outright on him, 37-1, to 1, and then also a top 20. Steven Yeager, a little bit more of a gut feeling this week. Kind of seeing a shot, kind of hinted at it too. I think he's a guy that's really rounded Rounding into form on the PGA Tour, I, th- I, I expect him to have a pretty good year here. Um, up and down results recently, but he has ha- does have two top 20 finishes here the past two years, though. So rolling with that top 20 again with him and in the outright market. Um, okay. And then, uh, yeah, you round out Davis Thompson, uh, also a top 20 on him. He was a guy really spiked in my models. And I know you got to play. I went a little bit more field this week. Got to go with the Hoff. Charlie Hoffman, plus 275 top 20. Not only is he a guy who is excellent on the long approach shots, which you see a lot of this week at Vedanta Vallarta, majority of the approach shots, 200 plus yards out. Hoffman's top 10 in the field in that mark, as well as top 10 in birdie or better. A guy who's in the best form in the last four or five years of his career after overcoming some back injuries. Hoffman playing on a one-time exemption this year, so you know motivation is there. Love Charlie Hoffman in a weak field to get into the top 20. Played that at plus 275. I like that a lot. Uh-huh. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about it maybe first thing tomorrow. But first round leader bets, I haven't made any yet. We'll be involved in that market, though. I think there is something to attacking this early window tomorrow. Boy. Let's go. All right. Big thanks to C. Najad, Dallin Cuff, Jonathan Davis for their time on a numbers game today. For the rest of our outstanding crew, Matt Hicks, our technical director. We got Sean Larry also helping us out. For Kelly Bidlin, I'm Ben Wilson saying so long. Best bets is next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off 
by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.